Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Jay Donovan. Jeff Fisher. Me, Todd Novak, minus Aaron Cook. He's wherever he is right now. He's not with us, unfortunately. Hopefully he'll show up, but maybe he won't. Who knows? And we've got a special guest knob. Jared Brandon. Jared Brandon of Brandon Wound Pickups. Um, dudes, I am stoked to be back. Where that probably spiked pretty hard on there, huh? No. No? It's good. All right. Just a little hard. Got Jeff MC monitoring the levels. You got the Minister of Information. Yeah. Over there. Um, and we have, man, si- uh, sickness and life and work and vacation and summer has dealt us a blow over the last week or Destroyed two. Destroyed us. <coughs> um, <laughs> and, and Aaron Cook is missing. Hey, but I'm here uh, now, and that's yeah, what, no, that's no, what no, counts, we're all together right? now. I like that. We're, we're kind of uh, you know, getting the band back together. together. Yeah, something like that. Um, we're really excited to have Jaren, uh, Jared. Sorry, my Jaren. <laughs> Jared. <laughs> I have, you know, one of those throat things where you, you're like, oh, a, no, a, a glottal is it just stop, me? a glottal stop. Is yeah. that what it's called? I, I don't you know. just is, made that yeah. up. No, isn't that in German or whatever? You know, the, yeah, you can't clear those out in front of the wife. A glottal, <laughs> glottal stop. I think that's what it is. Maybe I'm. That's interesting. It sounds like a industrial dance or something. Glottal stop. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay. So Brandon went on pickups. We're going to be talking about pickups. Pickups is. Pickups are. Pickups is. Pickups. Pick. <laughs> I'm off to a stellar you're start. Really, today. You're really killing this one, man. It's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Pickups is one of those things that, you know. Um, pickups are another dark art, I think, to a degree in the, uh, in the guitar world. I think anytime that there's something that has electric and metaphysical, or at least scientific physical properties involved with it a lot of us don't know what to do with it um we have enough knowledge to be dangerous and that just means being able to buy other pickups like used pickups or replacement pickups with a decent amount of knowledge but um brandon is going to brandon wound Jared, <laughs> whatever you want. Man. Yeah, I we want to. I you'll get a It's new funny because whenever minute. I'm talking to them, I'm like, "Hey, I'm, yeah, I'm having lunch with Brandon." Brandon, the Jared thing throws me off, yeah. and I know that's your name, and that's terrible. But yeah. I was called Brandon when I was in the military. It's fine. really yeah. Everybody calls but, me Novak. So you have like, two uh-huh. first. Your, your your last name is a first name. That's right. So, so is my middle. What's your middle? Alan. Name? <laughs> Jared, <laughs> Alan, Brandon. <laughs> hey, I'm proud of it. Yeah, I don't, man, that's yeah. easy. No, that's like great. you can go by either any one of those, and it's like. I'm fine with any of them, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say that you shouldn't be proud either because, what, you're like 6'10", six, 6'11"? 6'6". <laughs> no, you're not 6'6". Six, six. You, yeah. You're a, a imposing physical character. <laughs> well, I'm 6'6". I'm six, six. I mean... Okay, I'm going to agree with you. I'm 5'6". Yeah, we got a foot difference yeah. on the other side and of the table And we're sitting next now. to each other. That's, That's, there's yeah. a comical picture. In well, this when we were yeah, going down to pizza the other day, you guys looked like that, the cover of Twins. It was really <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> so I'm, I'm assuming I'm Danny DeVito, right? Like, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, what the hell are we talking about? Um, <laughs> I, I can talk about being tall all day too, man. So. Well, yeah, I mean, I didn't mean to call out the over <laughs> obvious, right. but the but the folks listening don't know that. Um, Painting the picture, here. and uh, yeah, I'll get into all that in a little bit. But let's talk about what is going on in our musical worlds today. <sighs> just start with Jay. So what's going on? I was just uh, today looking up something I didn't know that much about, which is Nashville tuning or oh. high-strung guitar. Mm-hmm. So it's, and I, I know this, this may not be news to a lot of players out there listening on, in on this, but I, I was like, how does that work again? I'd always heard about it, but I didn't get it. And for anyone that doesn't know, it's the same tuning. It's just that you use higher gauge strings. And there's a couple different ways you can uh, do it. It makes it ring more like a 12-string. Hmm. But you use, you use like little unwound on your, your, your low E. Oh. So anyway, it was cool. And I was looking at some songs that have been played like that. And, and uh, I think it was Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd. He, for some of the solo work, he used that. Really? Used the high strong. That's what he said. That's what David Gilmore said. Well, so that I, was all. That I'm was, not going to argue with David Gilmore. I mean, he does a thing or two Sir about playing David guitar. Gilmore, right. Um, he speaks French, too. Did you know that? We. Oui. Uh, yeah. So that's that's cool. So you what on a? I was just like on a. Were you just doing the tuning, or were you doing string changes, or what? No, it just like randomly happened in a in a search. I was looking. I was searching actually David Gilmore. Mm -hmm. Um, and so So I found a story about him. You were searching for G strings, and you found (laughs) Nashville. How to rewind a Nashville G? What is that? Yeah, I was searching for G strings, uh-huh. you know, banana hammocks. Well, and, wait, uh, that's dude stuff. Why? You, <laughs> what? No. Okay. A G string. Yeah. Yeah, not a banana uh, hammock. That's not. That's a different thing. It's dude. a kind of G string. <laughs> no. Um, I was joking. Um, I was just. I was actually searching for stuff about David Gilmore, and yeah. that's when I came across a video I was watching. We were talking about the Wall or something. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of. I'm still kind of a. You know, I have a classic rock thing that I love. Yeah. 70s rock. And um, during the course of this video interview, he talked about how he played the, some of those solos and he said he used a high strung guitar. And then I was like, hmm, what's a high strung guitar? I've never mm-hmm. heard of that. Did a little searching and then it turned out it's another way they call uh, Nashville tuning. Okay. And so then I went through and, you know, then it was a Wikipedia and Link Fest looking at a bunch of, watching a bunch of videos of people playing. Mm-hmm. And that was it. It was kind of cool, kind of interesting. I'd heard about Nashville tuning. I just didn't know all the details, so looked it Interesting. Up. What made you? What, what was the David Gilmore search for? Just because? Just because I was like, you know, taking a break from work. Yeah. Take like five minutes. Yeah. You do work like a beast. Because so it's not like you're just sitting there looking at stuff. My mind. Day. Yeah. That's how my mind works. Is like suddenly, all of a sudden. Yeah. There's just something that pops into. I it don't understand that at all. Yeah. Attention. <laughs> attention deficit. You don't. <laughs> So um, what kind of uh, gauge do they use? So what one th- one thing some people do that I read about was we'll just get a twelve string, a set of twelve string strings, mm-hmm. and then just use the high ones. Oh. Um, it's tuned up one octave. The e, the low E is one octave up from what it normally should right. be. So it's similar to the top. Then the top two, the highest strings are as is, mm-hmm. and it's just the other four hmm. are higher octaves and then david gilmore said he actually tuned them up even two octaves sometimes he did some mm-hmm. see 
There's more black magic, man. Uh, yeah, who knew? You ever mess around, uh, you mess around with tuning as much? No, the last Jared time Gallo I met Brandon. No, no. <laughs> the last time I messed with uh, tuning was uh, playing some Led Zeppelin songs. You know, the Rain song and. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> and the uh, song remains the same. That's yeah. I think and Drop D, who doesn't do that for, mm-hmm. you know, heavy metal or hard rock or whatever. Right. But that's that's that's, your, the that's your wheelhouse too, right? Uh, hard rock, yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. So we learned about that. That's good. I think we should all research that a little bit more. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to find out a little bit more about that. I think that would, I mean, if nothing else, it sounds like it's just going to be a lot chimier. It, it was, it was bell, more bell like, and, uh, it just kind of, it sounded cool. It, it rang differently and was obviously higher. It seemed to like sustain a little bit longer or something on some of the uh, acoustic guitars I watched people you know YouTube videos of people playing mm-hmm. interesting uh, yeah and the, and the one guy said this though he said you don't want to do this well you can do anything you want and so we don't have to listen to that guy <laughs> but he said if you're doing covers some people will exp- the, the tonality will be different playing this kind of guitar and it's that you know it wouldn't be as recognizable if your goal was to have the, the cover sound like the cover He's like it. Cha- it does change the right. tone of it. So he's like, you don't want to use it for, for covers, but writing your own stuff. But I think you could do anything you want. We don't, you know. Can't stop me. No, man, I'm not gonna stop you, Jared. Mike, nope, nope, Jared, Brandon, well, he probably Allen. could because he's six six. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, we're just gonna call you Steve. Hefe, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you got going on? This so week? we've been talking about building a cabinet. Oh for you, yeah, guitar cabinet. For a while, so I've just been researching what what does it really take to make a guitar cabinet, aside and from wood. Besides wood, which there's not to doesn't appear to be a lot of science that goes into these cabinets. But so. you've built a couple already. But I thought there was. I'm, there's I the whole not. thing was like how the bound, the angles and everything. That's like like for like high end sound, yeah. And for maybe bass, guitar, I mean closed yeah, back cabinets that probably has some you for know. closed back a little bit more. Okay, not a lot more. Un- we are unraveling your sweater right now. A little bit, but yeah, it was really interesting. Like uh, because of course the regular guitar does not go way into the low frequency range, right? Which is basically what the box is really, really absorbing and containing and controlling. Mm-hmm. So if there's not much low energy. There's not much you have to do with that bottom cabinet section so that's why open back is you know really easy to build because it doesn't really matter what size that cabinet is that much just open up the back and it sounds phenomenal so interesting some interesting reads the most interesting thing i read was the old fender cabinets some of the first ones that they were building they they use what they called a floating baffle so a lot of people still use this idea of a floating baffle which means what the speaker is attached to, they only like screw down maybe two points on the board versus like locking that thing solid into the cabinet. So the baffle actually resonates with the speaker more. It's supposed to create a little bit more, uh, not mushier sound, but a little bit more mushier sound. So that was kind of interesting. And then uh, we've just been debating, are we going to build this or not? And that's still up in the air. So we'll figure that out soon enough. You just lost your microphone. Did I? Yeah. Jeez. How about now? You are back in. I'm back on. Yeah, my, my, my mic is all getting wacky right there. Um, yeah, 
so we were getting, I kept trying to make him get tricky with it because it was like, well, what about if we shave an angle off one of the sides in the back so that we can put it on its side and do a kickback at, you know? He's like, why don't you just put it on your stand? Well, but, yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, what I want to know, can gosh. you put carpet on it? Could, does anybody do that? Sure. Why would like, you not? Like shag rug carpet Super all around shag. outside of it. That would be awesome. Super shag carpet. Why not? I mean, you if custom can do tuck and roll, right? You'd have to sweep it every once in a while. <laughs> sweep. But carpet freshener on it. Yeah. Does anybody do a, a cabinet with carpet on it? Like shag not carpet? Not that I'm aware of, but there's I'm always sitting on a room gold for mine. now. There you go. Hmm. Yeah, go do that. Don't Tell do, us how don't, it ends up. Don't carpet my cabinet, though. No. That's the one I'm going to start no. with, if you ever get it back from me. And you got Berber and Medium Pile and Shag. And <laughs> sl- you know, you tile. Yeah. Are we going to move into linoleum. Tile? We could even... A faux parquet floor linoleum. That would be amazing. There it Damn. is. Yeah. All right. Anything else, Jeff? No, nah, that's all. Awesome. Uh, sir, J-A-B. Jared Allen Brandon. That's right. <laughs> Well, as far as this week, that's um, great. Let's get into our. Um, <laughs> he has a way of doing that's this, by the way. <laughs> no, um, so I got that Explorer, and that's been really fun to mess so, with. So, okay, back it up. Context: What Explorer? Tell us about the Explorer that you just got. Tell us about the Explorer you just got. Gibson Explorer. Yes, it, uh, it's a nineteen ninety. And um, I, I love the way it plays. I love the neck. That's why I bought it. I don't buy a guitar unless I like the way it plays. The looks doesn't really bother me that much. It's how it feels and the sound. As far as that, as far as that's concerned, I can change right. that. Yeah. So. So it was that an acquisition that you felt like you had been wanting for a long time, or? Not really. It's I picked it up and I played it. And immediately, I liked the feel of the neck. I just, I loved how it played. And I thought to myself, you know, I don't have an Explorer or anything funny like this to mess with as far as testing pickups out and stuff like that. Right. Um, why not? So a, a buddy of mine owns a guitar shop in Fremont, Ohio, and, and uh, he gave me a good deal on it. And right. Owned for many years. So so I picked it up, and and I've been... Uh, you just It was just a purchase? It wasn't a trade or... Anything like it, that? It, you know, half purchase and then with some product that he, you know, that I make and right. pickups that he'll sell. And oh, and kind of wh- a partial thing. So. W- what's the color scheme on it? It is like a, an aged white color. I think it came like that. I'm pretty sure, like an aged cream color. And then it's got a, uh, a white pickguard and originally came with black pickup rings. You know what year it is? It's in 1990. Nice. So that's got uh, what pickups are in that? Uh, those came with the. I, Ver, are those verse buckers? No. Um, I want to say they were a version of Bill Lawrence, but don't hate me if I'm wrong. But they were the. It was called the original, and it had a the base plate, which is the bottom of the pickup that mm-hmm. the screws screw into. It's plastic. It's like a, a computer chipboard type material. And it's the bobbins are. I don't like the way the bobbins are because they're very cheap plastic. Uh, they 
they crack. Almost every version of this pickup you'll see has a crack on the plastic bobbins. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, so, <clears throat> of course, I took them out. Now, I did like the sound of the bridge pickup. I really liked that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's everything's got to come out, and I have to put my is own it, stuff in. Is it white on white, or is it black pickguard? It's it's white on white. It's the age white look with the white pickguard. Right. And uh, Gold hardware? Nickel hardware. Nickel hardware. Yeah, it'd be easy to change it gold. Yeah, that's the that's the cool part about doing that is you can sure do whatever the hell you want. That's cool, man. I like an Explorer. I have a I've got a black Explorer. It's an old uh, Dean, um, so it's not the it's not the uh, the newer like thinner like super metal ones. Um, How many guitars do you have? Enough. Like no, that, that, that was the wrong answer. What the hell did I say that for? Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. That's what, the right answer what, always. If, if you were to Does give me have a range, one of everything, because every time you ca- you've got a new one, every time he's making all this up. I had one of those ones. <laughs> you have like no, five have or a, ten? No, I've, I think I have about eight right now. Eight, all right. But hey, man, I got more room, plenty more room. It's got a whole nother wall. Yeah, I got a lot of walls. I yeah. <laughs> Right now it's all hanging on slap board, so I got I got room. I got more hooks. So tell us okay, so you got that. Now do you play that do you play that high? Do you play it low? You know, that's a good question. Uh, something like that, it looks better in my opinion to, to play it a little lower. Yeah, right? And yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean that's, you, that's like right. an usually SG, right? heavy metal type play of it yeah. low slung like, like an, an SG. SG. Dingus. <laughs> <laughs> Um, cool, man. So you've been you've been playing that like just shredding that up most of the time. Uh, I'll get recently. it out, and if I have time, I'll get it out and shred it up. Of course, before the wife comes home. Yeah, <laughs> I've also been um, eyeballing the L six S. I've been listening to a. I don't know why. I've been listening to a lot of Kansas, old Kansas lately. Mm-hmm. And Rich Williams plays uh, an L S S six. Or L6-S, I'm sorry. And I love the way that thing sounds. It, uh, it's it got these pickups in it that are not very common at all. And they don't show any pole pieces. They have the, the regular nickel covers. And uh, the 70s do. <clears throat> and they have that resin-filled epoxy... Uh, that you cannot remove and look inside and see what makes the thing tick. And that's mm. frustrating, but I think I'm going to buy is a that, broken one and, and dissect it with so a Dremel. That's a tone <laughs> switch then, yeah? Yeah, that's a, uh, a, ver- tone a veritone, veritone site, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. type thing. Um, that's pretty cool. I don't, gosh, I don't. I never see those used. EB, EB3 has something like that. Yeah. And it's just, it's just a bunch of... Uh, different sounds you get I'm, i imagine uh splitting the pickup uh going in and out of phase there's probably a choke in there in fact i know there is a choke as is a couple of um uh, spools wound with wire to uh, basically choke the tone take a lot of the highs out um, like on a like on a vox right. uh, amplifier so yeah. you're you, you roll off the tone instead of yeah sure that's that's cool man um yeah, the body style on that looked pretty neat. Um, for those not familiar, that is, it's kind of a Les Paul body style, but it has, um, it's it's not as severe of a 
of a taper. It's not as right thick. after the yeah yeah. So There's no maple cap, and the fretboards come maple too, which is very different. Yeah. Now you had your Les Paul in this, and I, I believe in the '70s that a very rare Les Paul that came with the maple cap, but um, these are half and half of what I see. A lot of them come with maple, and then a lot of them come with rosewood. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I really want one of those just to dissect it, and and uh, I really want us to see how those pickups are made. It's going to be really difficult with an epoxy-filled resin pickup. They're you can't dig into those without destroying them. But so, I'm willing to do that just because I want I want the specs. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's a special pickup only for that guitar. I believe so. I I mean I been winding pickups for about nine ten years and i've never had one send to me to repair of course because you can't um and uh you don't see them that often at all on any other models so Mm. so yeah it's a very rare uh pickup model but i love the way it sounds in those records and those kansas records yeah because rich williams played one for a long time it's kind of an oddball not an everyday uh pick as far as guitar player but uh, i just really like the sound yeah i want to dig it up that's cool man i like it um something something still in your throat huh (sighs) still got something in there can't get that out yeah yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) so anyway water what i did this week oh oh what did you do this week you don't, hey Todd, what you do this week? Don't bring me anymore. Um, I've been on speaker hunt like mad because I got to build this cabinet that we were talking about. So upcoming episodes are going to feature a lot about. I mean, not not a lot to where it's like, oh my gosh, stop talking about speakers. But no, we'll, we're going to make a couple. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do a couple um, episodes where we really dig into speaker selection and all the voodoo around that because there is a lot um and yeah so just been going to all the all the speaker sites doing all the comparisons youtube comparisons and um uh just trying to figure out you know as best i can what i have what's going to work so more to come on that um yeah so let's let's get into it what we've got for our main topic, which we're excited about. We've been uh, working with uh, Jared quite a bit over the last couple of weeks, um, just dialing in what we want to talk about and getting to know his business and stuff. And uh, I'm just going to, I, I want to touch on how we ran into you. I thought it was, it was kind of a unique uh, meeting. And uh, then we'll let you kind of, you know, do your thing and then we'll grill you with questions. And yeah, we got so on our table right now, aside from like a whole bunch of rotten microphone <laughs> cables <laughs> is a pile of awesome pickups. Um, and that's kind of what Jeff and I were at the uh, guitar show here and we're, we're out of Columbus, Ohio, in case anybody hasn't figured that out. Um, um, we went to this show recently and uh, we, t- we turned around the corner and there's this huge dude standing here uh, with his arms folded, <laughs> looking very imposing. 
and, and I, we security. stopped at his table and he just you know he had all these pickups out there and they you know real nice looking and quite a variety and and so I just said what's your deal man and uh said I'm selling pickups <laughs> I said, no, I just had a sixth sense that there was some, you know, like, you know, you, what, what's your story there? I knew that there was a story there before. So I, we talked to him a little bit about that and, uh, you know, struck up a great conversation and have been, uh, uh, meeting up since. And, uh, Jeff and I got to go visit his, as I said, his, um, winding laboratory, uh, and got to rock out with a whole bunch of awesome amplifiers and and really sweet guitars. Um, you've got quite a, a a nice vintage guitar collection. Thank um, you. And uh, and it was just it was really cool to see like okay, so what does a winding studio look like? And um, so we learned a lot. We learned a, a ton. And uh, hopefully we're gonna shed some of that light on you guys uh this episode i have a feeling we'll probably do a follow-up episode where we get into some deeper stuff um and probably hopefully field some questions that we get so uh brandon why don't you just kind of walk us through how you got to do what you're doing okay yeah so <clears throat> i was in the military three years um i got out i was active duty I got out. Um, I was a military policeman. I didn't didn't really want to do that the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to do it. Uh, you can't play guitars. Well, right? Yeah. I, mean. I just you know I just don't. <laughs> I don't really don't mentally have what it takes to do some of the things that cops do. Yeah. So uh, it just wasn't me. I got out of that. I went into construction, and uh, which I was a lot better at. Uh, my dad was a brick salesman for a long time and he got me a job and uh I started doing masonry construction and start you start out as a laborer so I'm I'm working working really really hard by Friday you're you're done. just you're done man yeah. you're dead and then you got a gig you know mm -hmm. Friday or Saturday night and so you play all weekend Sunday you're just dead and then Monday you get up and you do it all over again mm -hmm. I did that for about I don't know 7 8 years um, met my wife, we moved to Columbus, um, work was getting, uh, kind of, it was, it was getting kind of bad. It was like 2007 ish and, uh, 2006 when the economy started going bad. I got a sales job here in Columbus and, and that even went kind of downhill. And, uh, because I was new there, I was one of the first to be laid off because uh, yeah. I was, I was a new guy. They needed experienced people to keep the company going. So I was laid off, and I did some construction on the side for some do-it-yourselfer guys or, or just private guys or whatever. And I started messing around with, with uh, guitar pickups because I was bored. I wanted to see how they worked, and mm -hmm. I, wanted to, I wanted to repair. You have, like, one. a bit of an electrical background at all? I or? do. I, uh, no, I'm sorry. I don't. I, I <laughs> you can't lie. But. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I mean, I don't. I didn't have an electrical... Uh, the back. The only background I had was taking toys apart when I was a kid. Right. And taking, like, old tape decks apart that my dad had. Right. I wish I hadn't have done that because they're really old. And that was fun, though. <laughs> I used to do the same thing. Yeah. Tear all that stuff apart. Tear it yeah. up yeah. and see how it worked. And yeah. that's... That's pretty much that's, how I got started. I think started. that's a common story, honestly. I think that like a lot of people 
who do this more specialized things, um, you know, like, like pick a building or, or even luthiers and stuff is like just finding out how things work. And yeah. then what makes the tape go across the, the tape head, you know, what, yeah. what's the motor look like? What's powering it? Yeah. I, I was not academically outstanding in school by all means. I struggled in, in school, but one thing I was decent at was like electricity and, and there wasn't much of that. And, there was a little bit in science here and there, but when that subject came around, eh, I did okay. So, yeah. so I, I always had what it took inside to do this kind of work, and I love it. I love doing it all the time. So I started out rewinding and repairing pickups for people. The first pickup, the first company or customer I ever had, I didn't even wind it very tightly and it wasn't done very well and thank god the thing worked when i send it i barely knew what i was doing so mm -hmm. it was a trial by error type of uh experience for me and that's how i learned like sometimes i learned the easy way sometimes the hard way mm -hmm. but uh yeah the guy got back with me and said ah these windings are loose and no 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 so i thought oh okay i gotta you know wind the pickups tighter and and uh I bought a small uh, spool of wire from a uh, parts supply in Athens, Ohio, Stuart McDonald. That's how I started. And uh, that was, I believe, the ending of 2006 or seven. I, I don't remember. So how'd you get this first customer? Was it Just eBay. Oh, really? <laughs> eBay was the catalyst of, of my business. And that's that's what I did. It, it was eBay at first. So and this is it was a different animal back then too. Is this after you had some pickups, or were you out there like, hey, I'll fix them for you? Just that's my. I'm just going to fix pickups. This is after I started. I, actually, that was the first broken pickup I bought. I started buying uh, okay. broken pick, broken pickups off off eBay for cheap. Got it. Just to see how they worked, to see if I can fix them, and, and throw them back up there. It so. happened to be an old '70s Telecaster bridge which was actually worth some money. Mm -hmm. And I just, I didn't barely knew what I was doing. I, I put red poly wire, which is incorrect, you know, vintage wise. And, uh, so the guy kind of got a deal anyway. So yeah. he, he probably had somebody with more experience reminded <laughs> after I sent it to him. But, um, but yeah, that's how I got started. And it just, I just got better and better and I learned more and I read a little bit up on the internet, but I would say most of my knowledge, um, after I got going was just figuring, figuring things out on my own, just, uh, doing a lot of repair jobs. Yeah. You talk, you've mentioned m numerous times, uh, in our conversations where <clears throat> you, you really, you, you referenced tearing the things apart and putting it back together. And I think when you do talk about your own pickups, you tend to talk more passionately about the ones that you uh, are rewinding to spec. Like you have a, a set here um, that you, sh that uh, the first ones that you showed us uh, and uh, um, you can, you can kind of talk about some, uh, some of each of those pickups in a second, but that was, um, you know that you could tell like it's it's something that you do but you really like doing it of course you know? well, i want people to have a chance to have a real uh 72 wide range pickup 
Yeah. You know, instead of the reissue that Fender put out. Yeah. You know, the, the reissue is just a, it just sounds like a PAF humbucker. You yeah. Know, something out of a Gibson. Different. Yeah. Um, so you got, your you're working, it's, it's just you and your hands. Uh, I get help every once in a while when it gets busy. Yeah. There's a couple of guys that I call. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. And from what I understand, the community, the, the, the you know, sort of, this is like pick up winders one Oh one kind of overview right now. But, um, you, you've talked about the, the pickup community quite a few times and oh, yeah. <clears throat> elaborate on that a little bit, will you? Well, <clears throat> When I first started out, I think I got a hold of a few other pickup winders once or twice, and some of them gave me advice. But I was, I was just scared to talk to other pickup winders uh, because I, you know, I I come from the selling brick, and that was that's cutthroat, and you know, you have uh, different uh, areas that you can or cannot sell this type of brick or whatever. So. I was a little shy, yeah. and but when I started talking to other pickup winders, learning what they did, learning who they are, I became friends with them, and you learn a lot of things off of another pickup guy, and they learn a lot of things off of you because you figure things out differently. You might, might do something differently, and it might be easier uh, than what you're doing may be easier than what the other guy's doing, right? and vice versa. So... I took a trip recently to Seattle, and uh, I met Wolf, Wolf Tone Pickups, mm-hmm. and uh, we talk on the phone, gosh, every other day. I mean, we just, we're always talking about different subjects and different things that's going on. Um, Wolf Tone, when you hear this, you got to hit us up, okay? <laughs> and great guy, man. And so I'm, I'm talking to him all the time. He's a really nice guy. He builds a really nice, he builds a really nice pickup. He, he's very particular about his 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 line which mm-hmm. is different a lot different than mine so i'm not afraid to say that yeah um i also went to lawler mm-hmm. the lawler uh factory or shop i it's bigger than a shop so i'm just gonna say fact i mean it's huge yeah his his operation is really big he's he's got a small office and a little winder and he's got seven people winding for him so it's great to to go into a smaller winder guy and see what he's doing and get ideas off of him. And then you go to a, a larger scale shop and, and you see what they have to do to, right. to meet their needs. It's really interesting. And so, yeah, the, the pickup community is pretty friendly. That's good. But there's always, there's always things you just don't want to disclose. You know? Sure. So yeah, everybody's got to keep their own secret right. sauce, right? Right. But, but you don't want to burn bridges in the pickup community. Yeah. You, you just don't. You, you make one guy mad and you'll have like 10 a, other guys. Is there like you. a secret handshake or special hats or something? <laughs> you know, if there is, I don't know it yet, but, <laughs> but I've seen the, I want to think that you guys have special hats. <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean, what happened with that? Remember like okay. with special hats? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about it when you, when you're like going through school, <laughs> when you're going through school, it's like, okay, identify this guy. Oh, he's a train conductor. Cause he's a, he's got the hat on. Oh, he's a bricklayer. Cause he's got that hat. He's a chef. He's a, at some point occupations had special hats and that just went away. That's terrible. Yeah. Bricklayer used to go to work in a in really nice pants and a shirt and a tie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Back then, way back in the know. old days. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Cause then they'd have to get off work and jitterbug. 
or what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was terrible. I don't know what that means. Anyways, um, okay, so you have, uh, you know, when when we went to the shop, and we're gonna we're gonna post a bunch of pictures of uh, Jeff's and I's visit to Brandon's shop. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. We were kids in a candy store to a certain degree. I know Jeff was because Jeff, you're even more in tune with. I think the scientific end of musicality and stuff. I just like tearing stuff apart too. Yeah. Don't downplay <laughs> it. Like you're, it you're into it. Um, it's addicting. Yeah. And there's like a whole bunch of cool machines and I won't get into it because some of this is secret sauce. And I like machines. And you like, well, yeah, machines are cool and tools are cool and guitars are cool. So, I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a trifecta. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that I will note is that, uh, and I think this says a lot about your brand, uh, Jared Allen, Brandon, <laughs> your sounds like a band name. <laughs> Jared Allen, Brandon band. Yeah. Um, I think it says a lot about how you, uh, your, your work ethic or your attitude or your approach or all three. Um, I think there was one machine that we saw in particular that <laughs> I, you know, it either looked like one of my, you know, very old grandpa's like <laughs> concoctions that he made up with a bunch of extra stuff in the I garage. I want to see that. <laughs> or, or a, it was just kind of mad scientist-y kind of thing. And I was just like, okay, what the heck is this? And he showed us and I was like, that's freaking genius. Like, that's really smart. It looked not really smart, I will say that. <laughs> but but that's okay. It's like off. it doesn't have to. It, you know, you don't. You, you probably could have bought a machine or something that does that. And I have. But yeah. uh, you had this thing that, that you it's, just completely rigged, and I was just, I was so impressed with that. And I, to me, that says I don't. I, I can do this my way. I can. I can figure out how to do this. I exactly. don't have to rely on somebody else's um, availability, knowledge, product, whatever, in order to make mine. I just, I, yeah, I responded well to that. Yeah, that that machine has become my number one. And I, I know what you mean and how you explained it and everything, but um, if you do your homework and this is not something that I expect anybody that's just, you know, just a normal a musician to do, but, um, there's another winder, uh, name, the brand is throwback and he's known for having all the original old, uh, kind of machines that Gibson had. Mm -hmm. And I think one of them, I might be wrong. I think one of them, one or two of them did come from Kalamazoo. I know the slug winder did. And, uh, there's another one that he got recently, that was the first winder that Gibson used uh, to wind the first PAF humbuckers. Oh, wow. In, in the uh, mid-50s, to mid to late 50s, 57. And uh, so my machine, I basically made the tooling that holds the bobbins. There's four bobbins. So I, I had the tooling designed kind of after the, after the same design. And the bobbin... As that machine, uh, the bottom is is basically the the pickup. It's it's the part of the pickup that holds all the wire. Okay. So that that is a pickup bobbin, like a. Uh, there's two bobbins on a humbucker, and the bobbins are the face of the pickup, pretty much. Right. 
uh, hold the wire. So this thing holds four bobbins at a time, so you can do one set of pickups at a time, and which is pretty pretty productive, man. I mean, it's pretty awesome. Anything after that, more than four, and you're a one-guy operation, you, it, it'll just seem like you're prepping more than that, and it, it just wastes time. And there's there's like a productive or production formula there, but I don't want to go too much into that. Yeah, but, thanks. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to bore everybody, put everybody to sleep here. But and the the uh, the part of the machine that uh, where the wire comes in before it it is spun onto the bobbin, that's more designed like a one of the newer Gibson winders. So this really cool winder that you saw and and i have videos all over the internet of it too so you can see it it's well wait are you mesh. talking about the winder or are you talking about the unwinder no the winder oh you were talking about i was the talking unwinder. about the unwinder the one that you had like labeled for your you know like you labeled all the the uh functions on it which i thought was hilarious because oh, like, yeah you should know what that is, but you made labels for them anyway. <laughs> Just in case you're drinking. Just in while case somebody else comes over to use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what really that's the two by four with the shaft coming out. Shh. No, that's the secret sauce. Yeah. Well, I mean, saying that, but that's all I'll go into that. But yeah. that unwinds, yeah. Well, I mean, that was probably what we were. We spent more time looking at that than, um, you know. It took me five minutes to make it, too. That's the funny yeah, that's part. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, you mean the label. Yeah. It took you like a week to make the other thing. <laughs> yeah, Did, right. Didn't it? Didn't it? That's my it's own very, winder, man. I it's mean, that's, very complicated. If Yeah, if, if you really want to get into pickups, I, I suggest you unwind pickups, too, you know. Um, one time I unwound a really old P90, and... It had not been touched up to this point. I unwound it, and at exactly 500 turns of unwinding, it was spliced. That wire was spliced, and it was spliced at Gibson. Wow. Is that a bad thing? Eh, a lot of people don't. Yeah, it's it's not the greatest thing. Now, people tap pickups. You're basically splicing it. When you, you take half of it, and then you put it to an eyelet on the outside of the bobbin, and then uh, you put a lead to it, and you can get half the output mm-hmm. and switch it to full power or whatever. But, but yeah, so the, I've seen a lot of interest. You, you can find out a lot of interesting things um, unwinding a pickup. And, and if you have to take old wire off a pickup and because the pickup is dead, it doesn't have resistance, resistance anymore, unwinding is a better way to go in most cases so you're, you're not scoring and scratching up the plastic bobbin trying to get that copper wire right. off so there you go guys there's a little little trick for you so but, uh, <clears throat> sorry i keep having to clear my throat we're we can't i can't get out of this sinus <laughs> crap it sucks um okay so we've got we're definitely going to two episodes of this because yeah. we've got so many questions um but l- let's touch on just for you know the time that we have um, let's touch on the, I think probably what is your, at least maybe your core output, which is, um, redoing to spec. Um, that was something that, you know, you, there's a first pickup that you showed us in here. So we're looking at right now, let, you've got, this is a fender wide range pickup. 
And Fender came out with these in 1972. Yep. They wanted a humbucker pickup because Gibson had humbucker pickups, so they wanted to. Right. Um, and Seth Lover did design this pickup too, and he worked for Gibson. And I, I haven't unraveled all that history. I'm sure there's a lot of guys that, that know why a Seth Lover designed pickup went to Fender. But um, they used um, a magnet, and the magnet was, the alloy was called Kunafi. Okay. And it's it's really weird how they made it. They had to procure the magnet uh, at a certain degree. Um, it's I believe it's a mixture of like copper and and other things. It, and they had it made softer so you can machine the magnet to be a screw so you can adjust the height. So they wanted the they wanted the height adjustment option like Gibson had, but they still wanted the magnet to be a pull like the single coils. And that they were really hot too. The the pickups were really hot and they had a they had a higher resistance. And uh the higher resistance you have, the hotter a pickup is, the more output you get. Cause uh it works it works like uh kind of like a light bulb. You know, a light bulb is really bright because there's what? There's a lot of resistance. That's that little filament, it's really hard for current to flow through there, so it, it lights up. Well, that's the result you get out of a hot pickup is that there's so little resistance going through that pickup, it, it results in a hot and a hotter output. It's louder. So um what are you pointing at the <laughs> He's pointing at those cool plastic oh, that, things. Yeah, that's yeah. copper, nickel, iron, and cobalt. That's, yeah, that's the Kunafi. Yeah, that's Kunafi. I'm I'm sorry about that. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, a lot of there. It's you just, could see the cop if you rub off an old Kunafi magnet, and uh, yeah, you'll have fun with that one. But if yeah, if, if you rub it down enough, you'll see the copper uh, poking from in you know from inside, it, and you'll see that on older magnets. But uh, so that's just real quick. You you talked about you know um, there there's so many words that I think that we just take as are told to us like oh you need an Alnico pickup or an Alnico speaker okay it's not a brand name no that's the grade of the magnet right and that is made of aluminum uh, nickel and all the other stuff is it cobalt. Yeah, cobalt. Yeah, um, but yeah. So that's interesting when when they're talking about the different kind of magnets. What what else? There's uh, uh, and then ceramic magnets, right? Which that can you tell me? Tell me a little bit about like. I don't use ceramic magnets all that much, but there are a lot of different um, grades of that. There's the rubbery that that are, I don't know um, if there's a lot of ceramic in that, but um, then you have your actual ceramic, like what come in the dirty, the, the old Gibson dirty fingers, then a lot of your um, newer fender made in Mexico, made in Japan or China or wherever mm -hmm. use right. ceramic. But you're using predominantly? Mostly all Nico. 99.9% .9 of what I use is all Nico. Okay. Is that so, harder to get? Is that easier to get? Or is it, does it matter? It's a little more expensive because of the, you know, the way it's manufactured. 
Right. And it's, so. and you use that for, I mean, is there, is there a specific reason that you say, you know what, these, I need to use this kind of magnet. All Nico is it. a traditional grade magnet that's okay. used in most of the guitar pickups today. Okay. Or, and, oh, I'm sorry the you know, in the past and, you know, the old pickups, the, most of the new pickups, the, the premium pickups. Yeah. There's a cost thing the, involved with that. I remember you were, you're talking to us about the, the, the posts on some things are, can be quite expensive. Like, and it depends where you get the all Nico at too. China, you can get a, you can buy a high quantity of magnets for a low, low price, mm -hmm. but they're from China. I mean, there's there's some good um, all Nico magnets coming out of China. The best all Nico that you can buy uh, that I've been told is from Japan. Interesting. That is very interesting because everybody wants everything about your pickup to be made in USA. Yeah. And there's only two or three existing um, magnet places that make all Nico. Right. In, in in America, and they're really expensive. So, in, in the industry standard, it's it's kind of wide. You know, there's there's industry standards on your grades, and you can get an Onico five from factory B, and then go to factory A, and uh, they'll be both called Onico five, and they can sound a little different. Interesting. The strengths can be different because the you know there is an industry standard. Um, I think on Nico Four, there's a lot of talk about well, there really isn't much of an industry standard on on Nico Four, so they can be all over the place. So, right. so when you're talking about standard, you're talking about like the strength, the magnetic strength that is expected. I'm talking about the mixture of alloys. So and what what does that get you as far as like tonal? Like, is there is there that much difference of of tonality and is it about the strength of the magnet or just that's, what it's made out of? That's an argument and I don't want to take a particular side, but w what I've actually gotten into and, and what I believe is the strength of the magnet. And that has a lot to do with, with tone because the, the strength of the magnet will power the magnetic flux and a flux is a, a, a strength of a, a magnetic flow that surrounds the upper pickup area and when you pluck your strings the oscillation interrupts that flow and that's what gives you your sound that's a that's the pickup it's picking up that sound it's picking up that vibration and we just learned something that's cool I like that it's it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> and we learned that oscillation you means can, vibration. Yeah, <laughs> you can change it easily on how you pluck that string. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's pinch harmonics. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, if you use dynamics a lot and you're playing, you know, you can basically control your tone. And I I want to just tell you a, a quick story. Uh, what I'm talking about to to reiterate that is uh there's a, a fellow that lives local here named andy harrison and uh he's been touring with national acts for i don't know 17 18 20 years and um he picked up jeff beck's rig and when you mean picked it up he 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 is a tech and he 
I'm sorry Guitar if that's tech. not the right term, but he he's been he's a very experienced um, guitar technician. Okay. He's very good at what he does. Um, he picked up his rig because I, I didn't hear the story from him. I, I heard a story from a mutual friend. Yeah. And uh, on the road somewhere, he played his guitar, Jeff's guitar, through Jeff's amp because obviously he was setting it up or something. And he said it sounded like crap. He said, oh, my gosh, this thing sounds awful. Mm-hmm. Like, how does he play this? He puts it down. Jeff Beck comes up and he plays it, and it sounds like heaven. It sounds awesome. It's the way you play. Yeah. So. Oh, that I mean, that's been echoed by, you know, I mean, all the all the greats that when they are asked about their tone, you know, Keith, Billy Gibbons, like um, Eddie, you know, Eddie, you know, Eddie V. Eddie v. <laughs> First name basis on total strangers. That's how I roll (laughs) pretty much. But no, I mean, that's something that, that, uh, absolutely is a huge part of that. Yeah. So it's, it's not easy when a customer calls and says, Hey man, I want to sound like Angus Young. Right. Yeah. I want it. I want it to sound like, then they have like five or six different artists on there that are totally different. Yeah. I need the one set that can do all of this. So we totally derailed you a little, well, we kind of derailed you. With because the magnet thing that's the black that's like that's what I was saying like dark art that's a very big magnets and windings is like it's crazy so Jared Brandon Allen (laughs) either one of you Steve (laughs) (laughs) Um, you um, you lent me us uh, actually he was kind enough he gave us like what five guitars. I, don't I think he gave us like five guitars, yeah, five, yeah. five or six. And, uh, and we, you know, we passed them around and we got to play them and they all had different pickups in them. I actually, uh, tested the output on all those pickups comparatively to guitars that we have that, that we own. And it was really interesting to see the differences. I mean, you could definitely hear the differences. Um, and, um, I, I think the thing, the one that, grab me the most you have uh, uh a it's a cop the tele, me- the telecaster custom oh yeah i'm i'm sorry that's the speedboat guitar yeah we call it the speedboat because and we'll probably see us a couple pictures of it it's got uh like heavy aqua blue not a turquoise it's more of a aquamarine blue uh metal sparkle. flake yeah. sparkle and a white pick guard and a maple neck, and it looks surftastic. Yeah. And it's funny because when you see a guitar and you're like, oh man, I want to play that, aesthetic plays so much into that. It's bananas. And I picked this thing, and I was like, man, this is not my jam. Let me tell you that. And got belly cut and the whole deal. And I was like, the headstock was cool. It was like a, a CBS headstock. Yeah, the yeah. big one. Sure. And, um, I picked it up and I started playing it. And I was like, "Holy crap! This thing sounds amazing!" And you, uh, so that's uh, that is the uh, the custom. So you got, and that's seventy two reissue custom, right? Yes. Yep. So that seventy two reissue, that's the one with the you know the Gibson style um, knobs, um, the so witch the, hats. Yeah. Yeah, the witch hats of the four, but you did push pulls on them. 
I split I split the pickups. I split the the uh, the signal of those right. humbuckers. And because those humbuckers are traditionally hot, the original seventy twos, they're like you know ten and a half and ten and a half k. Um, whereas a normal pickup is around six to seven, and your Gibson humbuckers to around eight k. So quite a bit hotter. So when you do split the signal, you get that traditional you know fender single coil sound yeah. out of that pickup and if and if you do that that guitar is very useful yeah well you figure it had it's three position because you got your two pickups but you also had you're able to split both of them i'm not a math wizard so i'm not even gonna try to figure out how many actual combinations you have but it's a ton and also goes out of phase yeah. Yeah. So put that in the mix. Um, but aside from all the trickery there, the pickups that you rewound for that, talk about those real quick and we'll, we'll go out with that. Yeah. So basically I did the 1972 specification and it's called a wide range. I use the, the, uh, why do they call it a wide range? Well, as the, opposed they're to wide because it's hard to explain without showing our, the listener's picture, but uh, if you look at a humbucker, you have the two the two bobbins, and then you have a screw side that's adjustable, and you have a slug side that's not adjustable. Now, if you take those bobbins off that pickup frame, and you pull them, you push them away from each other a little bit, that's going to change the uh, the magnetic flux it'll widen it and it actually thickens the sound so it's a lot more thick uh. a lot i i like to say thick and juicy i don't know why it just that's just that's what, what i say to, that's, that's that's what you my, need to name the pickups then thick and juicy <laughs> yeah i like wendy's man i think wendy's <laughs> wendy's, <laughs> wendy's uses juicy a lot man i don't know they might i like wendy's yeah Dude, wendy's use the term juicy a lot in their yeah, in their hamburgers. That's so marketing, <laughs> right? So that's that sticks in my head. I, I don't know. That's Wendy's. Wendy's is a weakness. Well, I mean, anyway, it's Duncan's it, got the quarter pounder. So there it is. Go for the thick and juicy. No, you you go overseas. It's a Royale. Yeah. Um. So the the further away the two bobbins are from each other, the the magnetic points, which is the screws and the slugs, the thicker the sound. So that that alone changes a lot. It, it just it turns a Fender in, into a different sounding guitar, not right. your tra- any Fender, not your traditional Fender. So I that's number even, one. It, not only does it turn into not a Fender, but it turns into not quite a humbucker either. Right. It's it's a little more thicker than that. The out the output is a little higher, and uh, the magnets themselves they're not that strong, and uh, the 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 flow of the the magnetic you know is it it's a lot different yeah. than a normal humbucker a, a normal humbucker has a magnetic bar and uh, this has the pull pieces so it's different all around and and not only that uh throw in the fact that the cover you know is uh i don't know how you say this but the top three holes are or the top three screws are exposed in the the bottom are not and yeah. vice versa they're 
so yeah it's a really cool pickup and yeah. uh, that's what i did was i made i made mine the traditional way now the magnets i use are not kunafi they do not make that anymore mm -hmm. um they are really difficult to make they're really expensive to make and they have another uh they have another way of making these it's more of an all nico mix alloy but a little softer so so, so but the original ones were Right. The originals were, were that material, easy to machine. Now, so that, I mean, I'm going to just jump in real sure. quick. I hope I didn't just turn, did I just turn myself off? No, your stupid still. microphone cable. So that gives, I think one of the questions that I had, um, and I'm sure many others do, is like, why would you bother rewinding a pickup? Why didn't you go get a new pickup or go get a replacement that's different? But that is one of those excellent reasons aside from being just an ultra you know purist about you know no there has to be this this amount of wines for this tone da, 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 da. but that's literally working with different materials so if you have an actual uh, legit uh, wide range pickup original it's a way different thing yeah and you so you would want to fender that. doesn't have them made this way right um because it's more expensive, I guess. I mean, I, I believe that their reissue wide ranges are made in Korea yeah, or Japan or one of those places over there. So, and they're, they're not made anything like the original 72 humbucker. Right. And I, I also, uh, I provide a modify service where you send me your reissue. My parts fit your reissue cover mm -hmm. and your frame. So you don't have to you're not necessarily buying all new pickups. You're not here. buying an all new pickup. You're having me modify your reissue pickups to make into, it sound right. To make it sound 1972, the the real deal. Right. So that's that's a that's a really great service that I have. It saves you from paying, you know, two to three hundred dollars for a set of somebody else's, you know, wide ranges that are not even they're not as close as mine are. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really glad I got into uh, the wide range. Now, is that something, because honestly, when, after I was playing that, I was like, holy mackerel, how can I get this into one of my other guitars? Um, I mean, I'm, e I'm even considering, for a second, I was like, oh, I could put these into my uh, Telecaster Custom 2, which has, it's the same style guitar, except um, it has two P90s, mm -hmm. uh, and that was a, it was a very short run of those but i was like those sound amazing i could put those but then i thought no just get just get another guitar that's that's yeah. right you yeah you one. have to or else you have to and then i'll put those in there yeah you don't want to route into your guitar man yeah i mean these are boats i mean these are huge pickups i'm actually we talked about this on an earlier episode but i'm almost certain that it originally was um it when i took the pick cover off it's is it a big swimming it's pool? Completely, uh, it's, I'll have to show you a picture. I mean, oh, maybe it we can put like, it in for you. It looked like a five-year-old got a hold of a router. <laughs> I, honestly, it's nuts. Did you buy it new from the factory? I or, um, we taught. Well, no, I got it used, but that was a factory run where they put Duncan made specifically for that guitar. Um, but I, I'm, I have to believe that they said we've got a whole lot of stock of these either regular Telecasters or 72s and they just gutted the insides and put these, uh, put that pick guard with those, with those 
specific to that guitar pickups in it. I know the 90s Fender Pluses, they came with the big swimming pool route. Yeah. I'll have to show you a picture. You tell me what you think. But yeah. anyways, man, so we basically just scraped the surface um, just to get a, a background on some of these pickups uh, and what you do. We are going to, we will do another episode and that episode we will cover off on, I think, helping us to understand the differences, you know, like this is the range of pickups. These are the differences in those pickups. Why is a PAF different than, um, you know, a standard humbucker? Um, you know, what's the deal with P90s, single wound, double wound, blah, 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 blah. Um, we'll have to do that in another episode because that warrants a, a whole other one for sure. <laughs> Top four of awesomeness this week, this episode. It's episode. It's not calendar. So, like, yeah. somebody listening is like, what, what the week, what this week, week are you talking week, about? Yeah. I don't know. Um, all right, this episode's top four is Jay. Pickup position of choice. 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 So, choice. <laughs> so what does that mean, Jay? Well, what I think it means is which pickup do you like to use more on your guitar? Like a neck position or a bridge position? Or if you have three? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's yeah. the most pickups you've ever seen in a guitar? What's the most possible? You could have like well, possible, Collins any, just about anything's possible, but I mean, I've you, seen the you three, do see the, you know, the three, like on a black beauty quite often, but Japanese ones, they got like four or five in there. Yeah. Really? Some of the so oldest Japanese, crazy. but then like, yeah, like five or six single coils. Yeah. Fender had a, a Marauder and, and it was a prototype that I don't think ever went in production and it's a pick guard that has no, you don't see any pickups, but there's four of these huge honking rectangular pickups underneath. Hmm. And um, I, I believe there's... That sounds awful. There it is. Oh. I mean, it's... it's uh, sorry about that. You guys can't see what we're seeing here. But uh, <laughs> they're, they're about four inches long by about an inch and a half. I mean, they are massive. huge, massive Are they pickups. massive because they have to get through a pick guard? They have to get through a picker. They have to hold a bunch of uh, pull piece magnets, like rod magnets. Right. I, I believe there's 16 on each Holy pickup. Holy cow. Yeah, you have to create... Um, Sound like Phil Rizzuto right there. A really Holy uh, cow. Right, a real strong uh, uh, magnetic power to you know reach where the strings are. Right. You know, so, so the Marauder is looks like, like a Jaguar without pickups in it. That, yeah, pretty much. That's weird, man. I, I built one. I built the pickups for a fella here local, and uh, I played it. it. Sounded okay. Sounded pretty good, but there was nothing miraculous or spectacular about it. And I think that's probably why they did miracular, spectacular, spectacular. Miraculous. That's right. I like that. <laughs> spectacular. Did I say those things? No, I did. It's fine. <laughs> um, cool. All right. So let's see here. Let's go around the horn. Jared Allen Brandon. Oh, that's a very tough question because I'm always switching back and forth. But my favorite that I think I really judge a guitar on has got to be the neck position. Interesting. It's, Why? It's got to be. Well, your strings are oscillating the most in, uh, at, the, at where your, your pickup's at. Yeah. And so where your, your pickup is... In the neck position because it's close to the neck so the strings are oscillating um 
so pretty so widely for all, for so. all those like vocabularly challenged folks out there when you're talking about string oscillation they vibrate elaborate. the most okay yeah that's <laughs> there yeah so there's a, a path in which the string travels when it's plugged right and, the, and, it, and it's kind of in a, it kind of goes in a circular path. In a circular like if you, pattern. If you have a rubber band and you're holding yeah. it, you pluck it, it looks like it's going in a That's circle. why you have more bass response in that position. But, uh, you know, a half dirty neck position, uh, single coil pickup. Mm-hmm. I'm talking 60 cycle, single coil, straight through an amp. It's got to be my favorite. Interesting uh, neck position has to. That's be. interesting because you're like a hard rock guy, and th- like that, hard, playing hard like hard rock power chords on a neck pickup is rough. I'm not. A, I I like blues too. Okay. Um, no, really? I think so. I could be dead wrong. I mean, I don't. Power chords in the neck position would be <clears> balls. Like a, they would have like. I don't think it'd be more. Well, meaningful. I mean, but it depends it's, on what kind of muddy though. You, you don't get too. the you don't yeah, get the just, brightness that yeah. you do in the bridge. It's muddier. Yeah, it, well, it it's muddy. You can maybe I mean maybe open chords like maybe with the I don't know, the just, beginning of "Sweet Child of Mine." That's neck position. Yeah, know. but that's also it's very creamy picking, right? As opposed to like I don't know. That's very, interesting. Very I just, creamy. I wouldn't have pegged though. that because like when we went over to your house to check out your winding laboratory. <laughs> you know, you know, you, you're busting out the Zeppelin and the ACDC, and that's not something that I would things. associate with a single pickup creamy neck neck position as your choice. Curious. Okay, Jay. So I'm gonna say neck position. This is this is where I always he say so at the beginning. Whatever he's going to do, and then. <laughs> For different reasons, because a, as a, I'm not a very good guitar player, so I always, I'm just like a rhythm guitar player, really. Right, but um, I mean, to for those maybe who don't know your entire background, yeah. you're a bass guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bass player, and yeah. so, but I love guitar too. But I'm just more of a rhythm guitar player. So, I used to have this Alley Cat, this Epiphone Alley Cat, and it had this little mini humbucker on the neck. I like a mini humbucker, and it was really, I liked how it sounded when I was playing power chords because it was real like low and bassy and mm-hmm. and maybe muddy and i wasn't you know clarity was not what i was going for but i liked the neck too because it just seemed louder and ballsier to me than treblier uh you know right interesting so yeah that, that no i i can get i can get down with that on on a, on a mini i like that idea okay fa what you got neck what really? why would you not Gosh, I think I would have I would have spun the bridge if I would have known everybody else is going to copy me. So I like uh, there. I like the neck, and I don't know what this actual pickup combination is, but like on a telly, it's neck and you notch it back one notch. Right. It's like neck and an out of phase bridge, maybe. Not quite sure what is actually going on. So on a standard telly, uh, on like mine, a three position which, telly. No, it's mine's a five position, so I'm not sure what it's hitting there. But it's right, but you only it, have two pickups, right? Yeah. So it basically it's taking not like a Nashville special, like or a Nashville, uh, right? Like mine. So basically, it's knocking off a little bit of that muddiness and that meat, making it a little bit more hollow. Right. So I like a little bit more of the hollow tone because my front pickup is super hollow. hot. So <laughs> it gets a little too muddy up there, and yeah, and I like that little bit of that hollowness. So, but I'm still neck all the way. 
All the way up. All the way up. All right. Well, I guess you. Let's, let's just guess. Neck. No. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I know. I you know honestly, I find myself just playing. I think most of the stuff I play tends to be um, definitely in the bridge position. Um, I'm less comfortable in the neck area because it. I always feel like I, it. To me, it sounds like I'm not playing right because I play a little bit harder and I do a lot of power chords and I do a lot of open like you know, open chords. So that typically doesn't sound super awesome for me on the neck. Um, there are obviously occasions where I'm like, no, 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 this needs a neck. And then, but then I have to, I feel like I have to do a, a lot to compensate for that. Um, but that also could mean that I have like craptastic pickups in some of my stuff. So I don't know. Just or curious. position, maybe lower or higher. Get rid of some of that stuff. Yeah. I always feel like the neck has so much more tonal variety to it as well like you can get so many different tones out of it versus bridge you're kind of limited to a certain degree but there's so much more variety up top yeah especially I with can, fingers you lost your mic you're back there it you're goes you're back i'm back oh yeah baby i'm back how about now you're in <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay so i guess we got to get new mic cables <laughs> scheiser uh, who can we get to get us mic cables rattlesnake <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get a hold of that guy. Yeah, you do. Yeah, he's listening. I'm so. What's up, Hank Donovan? How you doing, man? Um, <laughs> out of rattlesnake. He's not responding. What? Where is he? <laughs> Where is he? He's in the computer. <laughs> um, you need. Yeah, yeah. We need to get you. Yeah, you guys need to get get in touch with each other. Yeah, he ought to give you a deal for four mic cables. Yeah, no, he, well, he doesn't, I don't think they make, do the mic cable. Sorry, they yeah. do the guitar. I think he said he was talking about. You were talking about doing that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, okay. Um, so, well, hey, that wraps up the top four. And, um, dude, thank you so much for bringing all of the, your wares in. Um, this is, it's funny, when we, when I was telling Jeff, I said, I mean, we got to get him on the show. Part of me was going like, how are we going to talk about pickups for this? <laughs> and. <laughs> After we visited you, I was like, oh, we've got like three shows worth of material here. I mean, yeah. So it was, I, I just really appreciate you doing that. Um, anyways, Hefe? Yes, sir. And Jay? Silent Jay? Yes, sir. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, what the? <laughs> Very Barney, like from. Hi, <laughs> <the> Homer. <laughs> that was even better. <laughs> Is it with his lips flapping? Oh, come on, Mo. <laughs> Just one more beer. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's it for these knobs. Please join us on Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar knobs and tell us what you think and share your stories and guitar stuff along with ours. You can also find us at twitter.com forward slash guitar underscore knobs and also at our website at guitarknobs.podbean.com. <laughs>